Honestly, entertaining show. I, I actually really liked Jihakudu. I mean, evidenced by the fact that I'm I read the manga to completion to the extent that I'm waiting for every release of the chapters. Yeah, that's very rare. <laughs> I like it a lot. I think it was definitely better than Death Parade in my book. Um, and Death Parade is something that I enjoyed a lot. I think I gave it a solid like four. You said three five. Four, three five. Okay, well, I gave good. it a four. It's, it's, <laughs> it's better than it's better than death parade in, in my opinion actually one of the best shows i've seen in a while hey guys welcome back it's episode five today we're going to be talking about the next anime on our agenda and this one is one we've been talking about for the past month or so it's taken a while to get to it, but here we go. Today's review is going to be an in-depth one. Chris's anime of choice for the month, Chihayafuru. So, Chris, why did you choose this anime again? Let's get a recap. Um, and before we get into it, did you think Chihayafuru changed your perspective on Karuta? And what is Karuta to explain to those who have never heard of it before? Karuta is kind of like a traditional Japanese game that's played. I feel like it's very similar to i don't i don't know what the card game is called but like when when you have traditional cards you have kind of cards laid laid out on the ground and then you flip one over and you try to flip the other one over it's not the same mechanic but like in a sense like it's very easy to pick up all the cards are kind of in the middle and then people gather around and try to you know collect cards and then end up winning so cards is kind of similar to that except everything is face up and then once, like, the person that's kind of, I don't know what they're called, the dealer, <laughs> the person that's reading out the cards of choice for each round, um, there's a corresponding card on the ground. So you want to kind of go for and reach for the, the card. And then if you're the first one to reach for it um, before your opponent, then you get the card. And whoever has the most cards end up, ends up winning. It's like a very traditional game that you play, like, as a family growing up in Japan, as with your friends i don't know but i'm sure it's kind of phased out a bit because it's very old school it's more so i don't know it's it's just very old-fashioned so people don't play it as much nowadays so it's a very interesting anime because it's kind of centered around a topic that's kind of outdated but it's still pretty much ongoing in terms of like the anime release i think the first season came out in like 2011 but then season three came out pretty recently i forgot when it came out but maybe it was like 2019 or so so yeah it's it's very interesting that they kind of use this concept and it's still very popular in um japan not as much on in the western front but yeah i think that's pretty much it but i i, I guess i picked it because it's a show that's not really well known from the Western audience. I think like the third season's like ranked 125-ish in terms of score on Mao, but in terms of popularity, it's like 1,500 plus. So it's not very popular. Even the first season, the popular is like 916, even though, oh, I guess that's second season, sorry. The first season's around 439, and the score is like 8.2, which gives it like a rank of 327. So very low-key anime that I was hoping that people can watch or more people can watch. So that's why I pretty much picked it. 
All right. Well, I guess kind of going off of why you picked it, is it a card anime? Is it a sports anime? Is it a shoujo? I guess it's a shoujo sports anime. I mean, I don't know. The vibe's kind of interesting. I thought it was quite different from everything I've watched in the past. But I don't know how to explain it, but the way Chihayafuda is explained to me, like if someone told me, go watch this shoujo-type sports anime about cards and with some romance... I would tell you there is no way that's going to be that good of an anime or that interesting. Yeah, it's but really hard. It's right. Like, like what is Karuta? What is a, what is a Japanese sports card game? Right. Like, how can that be an interesting or entertaining topic? It's really hard to explain to someone. I think it's in terms of vibe. Man, I, I don't know what like the closest thing is. I feel like the closest thing is actually like Fruits Basket, maybe. Or March comes in like a line, but then March comes in like a line is a lot darker. Um, so in terms of like feeling and vibe, I feel like it might be close to Fruits Basket, but it's very hard to explain because although Karuta is kind of at the center of the story throughout the entire story, um, it's it's got multiple elements to it. So like there's like the sports, like high school club aspect to it, but there's also the romance dating aspect to it. It could kind of be seen from a lot of different perspectives, male, female, and different age groups too, because Karuta is played at all ages as well. So it doesn't necessarily kind of pigeonhole itself into one demographic that's like aiming towards, but then it actually kind of aims towards, I think, a wider audience. And that makes it a bit complicated because it's not like Demon Slayer or another shonen anime that's tailored for like a specific group of people and yeah it's just got multiple elements to sports romance slice of life drama school <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very hard to for me to explain to anyone really so that might be why it's not that popular i think i was in the same i was in the same boat i was like how do i explain to someone this is a good anime because to me i was like every way i explain it it just sounds boring it doesn't sound like it's something that's going to be entertaining. It's it is like March comes in a lion, but the upbeat fun version of it for the most part fun. But it's it's got a like I don't know how to put it. You have to watch it to understand I think the the concept of it because explaining how a memorization kind of fast-paced card game would be entertaining is a bit hard to understand. Yeah, yeah, I think so because i feel like the selling point of chia Fudu is actually not the karuta aspect of it it might be like the aspects that surround karuta in a sense like the friendships the relationships that kind of come from karuta or like the setting of being in a high school club trying to aim for the same goal together working towards something is something that a lot of people i think can relate to and i think that's where the appeal of chia Fudu comes from but it's a bit difficult because at the center of it all is a something is a concept that's very foreign to anyone that's outside of Japan and something that they say in in the story that kind of mentioned over and over again is if you're the best at karuta in Japan you're technically the best at karuta in the world because karuta is not played anywhere else right so <laughs> kind of going with the same concept because it's not played anywhere else no one in the world knows what this is and it's very hard to explain to someone like hey 
this is what it is. This is what what it's kind of stemmed from, how it was created, what the origin story is, and this is why it's appealing because no one else is playing this besides the people, a very small set of people as well in Japan. Yeah, I mean, I've I didn't even know there was a card game called Karuta. Like, I if you asked me what Karuta was before Chihaya Fudu, I would have told you I have no clue. I would have thought you were talking about some Japanese board game. I think though the one good part of the Karuta focus or like the the theme is that there's actually a lot of different elements of Japanese culture you could kind of see from it, whether it be like the writing, the poetry the clothes, the traditional like tatami mats, the settings of the architecture and whatnot. There's a lot that people can learn in terms of like Japanese culture from this story. And I think that's some, something that Japanese people can obviously appreciate, but also like people that are interested in Japan as a whole, they can learn a lot of different aspects from the story as well. So like it's, that's how I kind of view it in terms of like, the appeal of Chihaya Fudu, it's not necessarily Kadusa itself, but like the elements that come from the Kadusa. Yeah, it is very uh, Japan-centric, I guess, in that way, right? It's traditional. Everything about it just screams traditional kind of Japan. Right. And it it is very interesting, I think, to just see that type of kind of portrayal, especially in like a high school shoujo anime. I know usually I think you're kind of limited to like some type of New Year's shrine praying event with some fireworks or a festival, <laughs> maybe the school fair, right? Yeah. Um, but this one really good, kind of, kind of, good, kind of goes in depth outside of you know typical club club school fairs. It's, it's really got more of a it get, it kind of gives you like the whole year time frame of the high school life in Japan, right? All the way from you know entering high school, trying to find friends, find a club, to kind of building like almost like a family within that club and and i guess that's the the fun part of chihaya fudu is you see this girl enter high school chihaya who's like no who's like known as this beautiful what is it beautiful dumb girl or, or beautiful until she speaks or something like that <laughs> and i guess for those who haven't seen it or who have seen it i thought that was a funny reference it's just like Chihaya's older sister is the model, the one everyone knows. She's the younger sister. Everyone expects her to be similar, but instead she's just like this airhead. Obsessed with Karuta. <laughs> yeah, except for Karuta. She's like, her mind is only going in one direction. It's only thinking about one thing the entire time, and it's Karuta. Um, but for the most part, like I found it really enjoyable, but I do think the beginning was a bit slow for me. I thought, like, okay, like I don't really see the appeal of this yet. It's kind of it was kind of just, you know, falling into place with what I thought it would be like. And then somewhere around like episode six or seven, I was like, oh, this is really freaking good. Like, <laughs> I think I'm just going to keep playing it. And for those who didn't listen to our Death Parade episode, this is also produced by Madhouse. Um, but it's a completely different. It's a completely different end of the spectrum, like completely 180. And. I kind of do you kind of like this type of story more or like it's hard to compare the two but they're both from the same studio so I just kind of want to get your your thoughts on that it is interesting um I guess in terms of like popularity right Death Parade is clearly more popular in terms of at least the U.S. um I do think Chihaya Fudo has a pretty big following in Japan I don't know how big it is but it, it's sizable because it's gotten three seasons of the anime obviously 
and then it has three live action movies which is very rare for any anime adaptation to have right usually you get one ends up being bad and it kind of ends there but then chiaya fudu is one of the few that has like basically like a star wars trilogy um kind of going over the various seasons season one two three um and yeah that that's why like it's a bit shocking in terms of like how it's able to capture the audience's attention at least in japan but it is very different. Death Parade is a lot deeper. It's a lot darker. And then Chiara Fudo on the other side is a very shoujo-like anime in a sense. Um, the st- art style, at least the style of the show and the aura that it kind of holds is very shoujo-like. But I do think Madhouse does a really good job of producing kind of this show in terms of the animation, right? I do think the storytelling that kind of stems from the manga itself is already good and madhouse kind of takes it to another level with their animation art style the music that comes with it the tempo of like the and the rhythm of the show i think is actually really good too over like the course of three seasons you're not kind of put in a lull of like boredom in a lot of situations it's pretty fast paced in terms of how the story progresses as well you go from kind of one tournament one situation into like a whole different situation it might go from a tournament to a relationship issue to a friendship issue to a internal problem issue like back to back to back and you're kind of always in that cycle of watching something so it's very different because obviously this is longer than death parade but i think both are really good um and probably one one of the best works from madhouse and madhouse has done a lot of good stuff including death note hunter hunter parasite one punch man yeah it's just it's just a completely different vibe for me compared to what i've typically seen out of madhouse and you know i know you touched on that artwork but this is 2011 for the first season i believe but the artwork's freaking good it's so nice it's kind of just i don't know it just makes you feel happy to watch it i don't don't know it's the best way to put it yeah but it's clean art the especially because it follows the manga very well and the art's very similar to the manga as well it's like everything about chihaya is kind of clean in the way it's presented and that storyline is is just like you said not too slow and not like a typical sports anime where they focus too much on one game but they kind of really make it pretty fast-paced like there's multiple games that happen over the course of an episode and the whole story is kind of just you're almost sprinting the entire time throughout her her high school career or her high school kind of journey right through this card game the thing at least okay i guess going into kind of one of the main aspects is animation right um that we always kind of focus on the thing that madhouse actually does really well and it's kind of seen throughout the course of death parade and chaya fudu and these other shows as well is they do a really good job of finding an animation style that kind of fits the show really well throughout like the course of chiara fudu like the color schemes kind of the animation transitions that come from like the movement of the like, the karuta scenes or even just from like romantic situations or moments it's very fitting in terms of how they like stylistically incorporate their animation into chia voodoo and that's the same with death parade death parade is has this like very dark undertone to it so then they keep everything pretty dark throughout the entire story that's pretty much the same as like death note right 
and No Game No Life is kind of on the same spectrum as Chia Furu, where they use a lot of colorful things to keep the audience like in interested and then engaged throughout the discovery of like the isekai world. And Sunny Boy and is like a whole different situation where like the artistic style is so unique and gives you a full-on experience in a sense. So I I think from that perspective, Madhouse actually does a really good job animation-wise to find like the right scheme and style that fits the show, and it actually keeps you engaged like throughout the story really well because in the end, like. You're looking at it as a whole, like an anime as a whole, not just animation only. And they're f- kind of like subtly incorporating their animation into a very whole production. In that sense, like, do you find yourself wanting more out of the production, though? I don't think so, actually. Like, I, I'm just like looking kind of at like Madhouse's past work, right? And... Chiaya Fudu production wise, I think is really done well. There's other shows like a little bit more lesser known shows like A Place Further Than a Universe. I think that's what it was called. A A Place Further Than the Universe. Um, that production is very low budget, but it kind of fits like the theme of the show. And then something like Hunter Hunter, on the other hand, is actually production wise done really well. Even though I like bash on Hunter Hunter a lot because of the one arc I just don't like, but I think it fits the story and like the feel of the show very well. And I think that's what Madhouse does really well. Um, so in that sense, I actually don't have a lot of things I could kind of pick on from like a production animation standpoint, because I feel like Chia Fudu kind of, at least specifically for Chia Fudu, it was like very, I don't know, engaging and very easy for me to digest, even though like the style of, Chia Furu is very different from Madhouse's like typical style that they're known for. Yeah, it's 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 definitely very different, but it's kind of got that Madhouse type feel where like the climax kind of comes at you, um, like all of a sudden. There's not too much build up in my opinion compared to some of the other Madhouse anime where you know the you can see the climax coming. Chia Furu just it's not like one big climax at any given point. It's kind of just a bunch of small hurdles throughout the story, which is, I guess, more typical of a shoujo, right? Yeah, I think it's more typical of Slice of Life as a whole. Like, in life, well, in, like, the real world, in reality, there isn't, like, one climax, I guess. And you just have, like, constant cycles of issues or roadblocks that you kind of just need to get over. And that's kind of the same vibe that Slice of Life gives in the end. So Chiai Fudu is kind of similar to that, although there's like an overarching like theme or like concept of like the Karuta tournament that are kind of going on, um, becoming the top of the top or reaching the top of the top. But besides that, there's other hurdles and roadblocks that you're kind of faced with as a human being and that's portrayed throughout Chiai Fudu. So I think that's what it's kind of like. It's not like you're waiting for this one grand moment, but you're just kind of seeing these people live their daily lives on a daily basis just to see how they overcome different situations. Although there's still this like one problem in the end that they're trying to become the best at Karuta. Yeah. So, I mean, for those who who were able to watch this with us, um, you know, this, this goal, right. To become the Meijin and the queen. It's really interesting because they're striving so hard for this, this one goal. And like, that's the sole goal of the, 
of almost the entire show, right? It's like get better at Karuta and just become the best in Japan, aka the best in the world. But outside of that, there's a lot of weird, interesting, like kind of side stories, I guess. And it's kind of funny because you think like, yeah, Chihai is trying to be the queen. Arata is trying to be the king. But, you know, when I was watching at least this first season, right? Because that's what we're reviewing here. Is this a hot take? Is Arata even a main character? Arata, I think, in the course of season one, isn't really a main character. But he becomes a main character, like, later on in the story. Because, like, the setting that's originally kind of portrayed, I guess, is, like, the school setting. And you're kind of doing a lot of build-up to just set that up. So, like, getting the Karuta team in the high school set up. Getting the tournaments and getting the play playing of the Karuta set up. Arata's kind of off to the side because he's kind of dealing with his own internal problems like during the course of season one. But later on down the line, he becomes more of like a primary figure, I think. But obviously, like in season one specifically, the focal point is Chihaya and Mashima or Taichi and kind of the rest of the team that's that's in that in the same like high school team circle. Yeah, so the whole Tai Chi thing is really interesting, right? They focus a lot about the backstory of Tai Chi, Chihaya, and Arata in elementary school, right? They kind of go their separate ways from middle school, and then Tai Chi and at least Chihaya go to the same high school. But I don't know. Each one of them is very different. Um, like Kind of like Arata and, and Tai Chi, they both have their ups and downs, kind of their own problems. Chihaya, I don't know if she really has a problem other than the fact that she's like bad at school and like, <laughs> trying to become better i don't know like season one <clears throat> i feel like taichi is almost the one who really makes the story flow i think chihaya is the glue person right in like the entire story because taichi and arata for their own reasons both gave up on karuta or stopped playing karuta chihaya is like this glue guy that or glue girl that brings them both back to karuta and gives them both a reason kind of to become friends or like strive for the same goal that they kind of promise as little kids and i think that's how i view it like taichi and arata are going through a lot of internal stuff that's and they're different right like arata is this super talented karuta player who just hasn't had the will to play because of his grandfather passing away and then taichi kind of seeing arata's like talent and seeing the the rest of the field kind of gave up on karuta because he didn't really find his place or he thought like he kind of couldn't get above the hump and i kind of liked seeing that dynamic actually because in in the real world right like you're going to kind of be faced with the same exact thing you're going to see someone that's either better than you and then you're going to kind of fight these like internal battles or you're going to be better than the rest of the pack and you have to find that motivation and will and drive to keep yourself going on a day-to-day basis and i think how I view it is Chihaya is just this glue person who kind of keeps this group together, including the high school Karuta team, to kind of keep them in this trajectory to reach this goal of becoming the Meijin or Queen or best high school Karuta team. And she doesn't necessarily have to have a problem, but she's the one that always kind of brings people back to like a location of like peace in a sense where they can play Karuta together. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. She definitely is the glue. She definitely kind of keeps everyone grounded or coming back to at least the game. And I guess it's nice to see kind of how her 
just her dedication to this to the card game i guess um it's like so apparent that it makes everyone else want to kind of replay it yeah but and and like kind of going off tai chi it's it is true right you go in the real world you think you're good at something and then at one day you just find someone who's just even better and you're just like ah i suck yeah like this guy this guy's just leagues above me it's like not even close it's like this guy's goaded yeah and it's kind of seen throughout like from different perspectives i think i don't know what his real name is but nikoman or like the the meat guy (laughs) the pork bun guy i don't know how else to say it but he also kind of went through the same thing he saw adata in real life and he kind of was like all right there's someone way better than me way more talented than me no matter how hard i try i can't reach that goal and he quit Karuta for that reason too um and it's very much something that everyone's going to deal with at some point in their lives I think whether it be work sports I don't know relationships but it's like being able to see like these people kind of overcome that like finding their reason and will to play Karuta that's separate from Arata or like the talented folk is like something that is appealing throughout the story of Chihaya Fuda too. It's not just something you see in sports, but could be applied really anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I guess in that sense, it, it kind of does remind you of just like how in, in life you just kind of have to, I don't know. I don't know if it's accept that there are people who are just naturally gifted, but kind of just working towards the goal of like kind of focusing on yourself. But the meat guy is kind of a sad story. Like, Nikuman kun or man i i don't even remember his name anymore i think it's nishida yeah <laughs> i think you're right <laughs> he, just, he just gives me choji vibes you know like from naruto <laughs> like like just always eating just this just this guy who's like still good compared to like the normal person but like compared to the main characters he's just he's just there right like he has his moments but at the end of the day he's not chihaya he's not taichi he's not arata um i don't know he he's the nice light-hearted kind of character of, of the show that i really liked I mean, I mean each of those supporting characters kanade and i don't know the desk guy i i forget his name komano kun is what they call him i think yeah uh, all those, all those three are are interesting, and they're all like supporting characters to some sense, and they they each are like kind of give the show their own vibe. It just kind of shows that like everyone comes kind of came from that different background, but everyone kind of loves the game for basically a different reason. I think that's what's also interesting. Like the supporting characters also have their backstory moments as well throughout Chiafuru, and everyone has a different reason for why they play Karuta, like you said, and that's the case with anything you know, in real life too. And you're able to kind of see from the various perspectives, whether it be you're playing it because you like the clothing that, that's involved with Karuta or you're playing it because you want to be with friends or you're just, you just found a new passion that you are very passionate towards and working hard at, like something like that. Like you can see from the various perspectives of Chihaya Furu. And that's the case with a lot of sports anime, right? Like, even with something like Haikyuu, you can see from a lot of different perspectives in terms of where they came from, how they started playing volleyball, why they still play volleyball, where they're at now, etc. And you can kind of clearly see those elements of the sports anime element of Chiafuru, um, through the supporting characters and all the different characters. Yeah, I would say outside of Haikyuu, though, 
most sports animes don't give too much background and maybe there's some of the supporting characters chihaya fudu reminds me of haikyuu that every character is one of those like interesting background type of story like they don't just introduce a character without any background on them yeah they won't just like throw someone in there just just because like each character has like purpose and meaning towards something or at least like in the portrayal of something so that that's what makes it interesting yeah and I, and I think that's what makes the anime really interesting is that even if there are episodes that aren't specifically about Taichi or Chihaya or Arata it's still interesting because you're still enjoying kind of learning about these other characters whether that's uh, Suo the current Meijin or wakamiya or shinobu the current queen like they're all just really interesting backstories um and it kind of makes you kind of like all these characters for different reasons and i would say that's probably different than most sports animes where you might just focus on you know like kuroko or like taiga right like everyone else is kind of just like there but they don't really give too much background on everyone else right I think one other aspect that I actually like about the characters, and this is kind of mostly seen through Shinobu, the queen, is I feel like they do a pretty good job of portraying that they're in high school. And Shinobu, this super talented queen that's super young, <laughs> at least from, I guess, like the Karuta standpoint, um, you would kind of like think she's different from the pack but she's like not portrayed as that throughout the story like she still has her like high school girl moments that make it feel a bit more realistic like she's not like some godlike figure that's presented in the story she's still very much human um throughout the course of the story and that's what makes it also like more engaging like the people and the characters don't feel fake to me like they feel more realistic in a sense um and they're able to kind of show not just like the Kata side but like their personal interests and their personality as well yeah Shinobu's I, I mean I love Shinobu but I feel like that was because I ended up you know I couldn't just stop at season one I had to binge like all three seasons at once and I watched like what 75 episodes and I want to say three or four days it was crazy it was some crazy <laughs> record binging what made you binge though you know at the end of the season I mean I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode, it's it's already spoilers alert. But um, you know how the season ends and, and Taichi's basically kind of hit that wall of like, I'm giving up this game. I can't be the best. Like everyone around me is too freaking good. Like I just suck compared to everyone else. Like I was like, and then they kind of end it with like, he's going to come back. And then you see him kind of training in quotation marks with the current uh, Meijin. I was like, oh, I want to, I got to see how good Taichi becomes. Like, I just want to see. And that's why I was like, kind of to myself when I was watching the first season, I was like, I really like Taichi. Like this guy to me just seems like someone who was keeping the flow together. I I liked his struggles more than Chihaya's in the first season. I thought like this guy was just like the sad case of like the girl I love is really never going to love me. Like you can already tell in season one, this guy's going to get his heart broken over the course of like 75 <laughs> episodes and it makes it just makes you kind of root for the guy and like everything he does is just like he's he's good at everything right he's the best at everything number one in the class but then he can't be the one thing he cares about and he can't have the one girl he cares about <laughs> i think i think you're just showing your masochist side as, at this point but <laughs> i do think that more people will relate to tai chi more so than the other characters like there's going to be very few people that relate to Arata, right? Like, Arata is on this 
like S tier level of talent. So not many people are or like the average person's not gonna be able to relate to that. But Tai Chi is kind of like the depiction of the hopefully hard work pays off or hopefully get out of the friend zone situation. Um and I'm sure a lot of people strive for that in real life. So I'm sure a lot more people would relate to that than the Adata perspective where he kinda has it all yeah well i don't know if uh yeah people can relate to tai chi for sure um i think maybe in at least the anime struggles maybe not like being first in sports and in school and still choosing karuta that that was kind of an interesting decision but i get i don't know like overall tai chi is just an entertaining character and you know since we're talking so much about tai chi why don't we just get into the subtitles on Crunchyroll? Why, why don't you explain it to us Crunchyroll does an amazing job of putting subtitles together. Don't get me wrong. But while we were watching Chihaya Fudu, they were always kind of referring to Tai Chi, at least from a subtitle perspective, as Eyebrows Kun or Eyebrows. I, I forgot the guy, like the name, but Eyebrows Guy, Boy, something like that. But throughout the course of it, I was like, wait, they don't even like call him Eyebrows like in Japanese. They call him eyelashes because his eyelashes are long and <laughs> i was like crunchyroll why are they why did you miss this or like how did you not fix this but i i think what you said was that in season two they fixed it to eyelashes i think um but that's a loss in translation thing or someone messed up somewhere at least in the <laughs> translation of the subtitles there's like multiple like moments of that in season one of Chiafudu. And maybe that's because it was out very early in 2011 and anime wasn't that big and there weren't many people putting subtitles together. But I was like, dude, these subtitles kind of are bad. No <laughs> I mean, I, I, think, I think a lot of people have questioned that and I'm sure we're not the only ones. I mean, let me talk from my perspective. I don't know Japanese. I don't speak Japanese. I didn't know the word in Japanese they were referring to was eyelashes. I was just like, why do they call him eyebrows? Eyebrows. I was like, his eyebrows look the same as everyone else in the show. I was like, it doesn't seem any different to me. And I couldn't figure it out. But I was just like, I, I guess I just don't get the artwork. I was like, maybe there's something <laughs> wrong with the way I'm visualizing Tai Chi. I was like, I, I don't know why they're calling him eyebrows. Maybe, maybe there's something funky with them. But I was like, for the most part, to me, they look the same. And then after you explained that it was eyelashes, and then in season two, they call him eyelashes. I was like, okay. This make this makes sense though. Yeah, like I hope this is a very minor case or like the only case that this happens. But I, I'm I'm sure there's other times where subtitles are messed up. Probably more so in with older shows. And I, I feel like like if I was like a viewer that didn't understand Japanese and just read that, I would be just like confused and just be disengaged because I'll try to figure it out, like why he's called eyebrows. Because like you said, yeah, his eyebrows are perfectly fine. It's not like Rock Lee status, so. Yeah, yeah. The only one whose eyebrows weren't fine was like the desk guy, the uh, the nerd guy. I was like, this guy's eyebrows are like one-tenth of like the normal person's eyebrows. Yeah, it's he's got a like dot. Two, he's got like two dots for eyebrows. <laughs> I was like, this would make sense if we're talking to, about this guy in eyebrows. But I was like, everyone else's eyebrows look the same. Yeah. So hopefully it's just one instance of oversight from Crunchyroll and there aren't other shows that are kind of suffering from this. And if they are suffering from it, I hope they correct it because 
they're just yeah that there's just things lost in translation potentially because of things like this yeah, so that, 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 that's a funny part of the translation. The other part of the translation is like the interpretation of the poem. So because mm-hmm. Chihar Fodu, I mean, Karuta basically focuses around poems and kind of hearing those, I guess, unique syllables in order to, to take the correct card as fast as possible. I don't know if the poems translate, you know, I would, it makes sense if they don't translate exactly the same from Japanese to English because they are, like, I don't know, traditional Japanese poems. But I didn't always get what the poems were trying to say. Like, I think they sometimes tried to explain it in season one, and I was just, like, lost. I was like, huh? Like, well, what about this guy? What about this poet guy? I was, like, so confused. I think that's fine, though, because I think people <laughs> that understand Japanese don't even understand the poems themselves. It's like, if you're trying to read poetry in English, like, you're not going to capture all the meaning behind the poetry. But like to your point, it's super hard to translate. I think another instance of something like this is like Garden of Words by Makoto Shinkai, where like the focal point of the story is just like a literary work that is like the connection between the two main characters in the story. And it just doesn't translate all that well in terms of like the rhythm and the, the syllables and all that. So yeah, I think that's like one part that's really hard for Chia Furu to kind of translate over. But I hope like people that watch it at least from like an English perspective, don't get too caught up on it because I don't think that's still like the main focal point of the story. It's just going to seem really weird when you're trying to like read the subtitles when they're reading out the poems because you just can't really figure out what the meaning behind it is. But honestly, like I don't even know what the meaning behind it is and I speak Japanese, so. Yeah, yeah. I think that that part was always like confusing to me. I was like, I really have no idea what's going on anymore, but. I don't know for the most part like outside of that after a while i started just kind of disregard the poems themselves and like even when they like read the syllables and like they're trying to take the card it really didn't matter any the only card that i only remembered was the chiha card like that's the one they focused on the most right like the chiha card that was the only one that i ever like really paid attention to yeah i mean i think that's the one that they actually talk about throughout multiple episodes the other ones are kind of mentioned very briefly and it's kind of glossed over so yeah i don't think um i hope people don't focus on it too much or try to memorize everything if you want to play kadata i guess you have to memorize everything but i don't know if <laughs> you everyone will be able will be able to play it so well that's the hard part right like i after watching this i was like dude this looks so fun i wish i could play kadata and then i was like but there's no way i'm ever gonna memorize memorize a hundred japanese poems i don't even know japanese so like, <laughs> there's no way i could ever play this unless it was translated to english but then like it doesn't even it's not going to translate correctly like there's no way to translate this game i think i wonder if there is actually like a variant of it i'm, I'm not sure but i think um there's like essentially dumbed down versions of Kajuta, so more easy versions where you're not saying like the full poem but you just kind of say like a word and then you you reach for the card that matches the word and that's how I kind of grew up playing it I never really did the whole poem thing so when I first kind of got into Chia Food I was like wait there's like actual like poem and writing behind each of these cards because I thought you just said like the name of the picture that's on the card on the ground or something and you reach for it um, but that's like the children's version of it. That's a very easy to digest and for people to play, at least from a family perspective. Yeah, it it's weird because right in Chihaya Fudu, is it that they say the first verse of the poem 
and they're reaching for the second verse, so you have to completely memorize it. Like basically the word you're listening for isn't actually the word on the field. That's how I understood it, but correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that I think that's actually just how matching, it is. They're not matching syllable to syllable, right? They're not looking. No, no. When the reader says A, they're looking for A. Yeah, it's not like matching syllable for syllable. I don't know if it's like the first verse with the second verse, but there's basically like a matching or corresponding card that goes with like the reader's card, and that's what you're essentially reading for. So it's not on the ground. You can't just like read the the card on the ground and then like figure it out, I think. Yeah, so that makes it even harder, right? Like to try and like make your brain correlate one syllable with a different syllable, I think would be very, very tough. Yeah. It'll be interesting though if there was like an English variation to this or like a way to play in like a different language. Obviously there is probably no way because Kazuta's only played in Japan still. Um but there might be people that have trying to kind of try to kind of figure it out throughout the course of time. <laughs> Yeah, and like the game revolves around a hundred cards, right? So memorizing a hundred poems, but also every game trying to memorize a like fifty cards on the board. That sounds like, just from a perspective of not being in the Kadota world, that sounds so terrible. Like that sounds like painful. I feel like I'd be having headaches every day, like looking at cards and memorizing like layouts every like hour. You need a big brain for this card game. <laughs> We don't have the big brains for this. <laughs> yeah, we got we, we got the monkey brains. So this 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 game, I'm pretty sure I'm already convinced I would be terrible at this game. I'd be like E class, F class, maybe like. It's hard. I don't. I don't know. It's like a reaction game. I hate reaction games. I'm terrible at reaction games. But at the same time, it's like kind of a strategy game at the at the same time. Um, so it's very hard. I think. I, I'm sure I would be terrible too because I'm very bad at reaction games. Whenever we play it, those like card games like speed, I'm just like last every single time. Yeah, speed or like slapjack is the one where like um you you like slap what sandwiches and doubles of the same card. Yeah, and then you collect your cards at the end, and then like some of my friends who I used to play with, they would collect the cards and they would remember exactly like okay, I slapped a sandwich, so like or I slapped a double, so if I played the jack. And that jack of spades comes up and my opponent plays something and there's nothing hit. Then I know my next card's a jack already. So I can automatically play it and slap it. And I'm like, dude, how do you remember all those details? I was like, why can't you just collect the cards? And I was like, I felt like Tai Chi, except I was I was just bad com competing. Like, there's just no chance. Like, I can't beat you. Like, I I don't I don't go remember your cards like that. Yeah, our, our monkey brains can't keep up. We got, it's, it's like so hard. We got to be able to develop big brains through watching AOT before we even get to that, that stage in our life. <laughs> well, according to my parents, my brain is mush because all I do is watch anime. <laughs> and I have retained little Japanese. So That is also true. For the amount of anime you've watched, your Japanese level is extremely low. <laughs> yeah, like some people are like, oh, I'm improving my Japanese by watching anime. And I'm like, really? I've been watching anime for like 12 years and I don't know any Japanese. Like my Japanese is the same it was like 10 years ago. You kind of have to go through a process of like actively learning and actively searching for ways to learn, though, if you're going to do it that way. It's pretty hard, I think, because it's almost like you pick up on vocabulary, but you don't really pick up on like sentence structure or grammar. Yeah. And Japanese grammar is like the flip side of English grammar, right? Like, yeah, it's terrible. Everything comes at the end, right? 
Yeah, it's basically the reverse. Like it, in English, it's the person and then the action and then what they're doing essentially, but then it's completely reversed. <laughs> yeah, because like when you watch subtitles, right, you can hear like them reference a person before the subtitle actually brings up the person's name, yeah. and then it comes afterwards. That's a one thing I f- I find weird in the subtitles still too, because in Japanese, like it's not like supposed to be like a surprise or something, but then like when you kind of turn it into English subtitles, it's like there's a pause or something before the actual content is presented, and it almost makes it look like surprise. Here's the content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, they're they're speaking about Arata. It's like his name's not even on the subtitles yet yeah (laughs) but i mean is that why japanese people are thought of as like more polite is that they just have to wait for the full sentence or am i just being too simple-minded here (laughs) that's probably too simple-minded i think that's (laughs) because because in english people are just like no 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 no, i'm gonna cut you off right there we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop you right there i mean i think it's more of a cultural thing but (laughs) more than anything else but i guess like you wouldn't really know what the content of the japanese sentences until they're actually done like talking so that is partially true man (laughs) all right well i guess from your perspective as someone that doesn't watch slice of life do you think chow food is like pretty easy to watch or was it actually worthwhile watching three seasons or was it something that was kind of forced i think the hardest part was the first six or seven episodes where they kind of go into backstory chihaya and, and like the rest of them as kids that part wasn't too interesting to me. It was a little boring, a little slow. Afterwards, it really picked up. And I know we weren't supposed to, we're not talking about season two or season three, but those seasons I think are better in my opinion than the first season. The first season was nice. It was enjoyable. But I think like, you know, this Chihaya came out in, I think it's 2011 when I checked. And, you know, Madhouse like released them very staggered. It wasn't like, it came out like in the later in the year or the year after. I think season two is 2013 and season three was like 2016 or 2017. Like, I don't think I would have finished season one and been like, I need to read the manga or season two, I need to read the manga. But by the time I've watched season three, I was like, I need to read the manga and figure out like what happened to this story. So I think it was one of those like investment things where like I was so invested after three, three seasons that I was like, I gotta watch the rest. But as for the first season itself, just strictly on that, it was enjoyable, but I don't think I would have recommended it to someone at the time unless you're like a diehard anime fan. Um, but having watched everything together as a whole, I love the how this how complete the story feels. And so in that sense, I think like if you're looking for something a lot longer to watch on like the 70 to 100 episode scale, like if they ever release Chihaya 4, I have no idea. But in that sense, like it's an entertaining show. Like I think anyone would enjoy it being able to watch it all. Like, you don't have to binge it, but, like, it's enjoyable, it's easy to follow, it's entertaining, and it's, like, lighthearted, where it's not, like, too heavy, like, you're not trying to binge action, like, for, like, if you're trying to watch fighting for, like, 75 episodes, it's it's hard, right? It's taxing. This kind of has those, like, slow moments where you kind of get a little break, a little, like, filler-like, but not completely filler-like episodes, and that kind of gives you a break from the main story. And in that sense, I think Chihaya is like really interesting and in that it, it paces itself really well over three seasons. Yeah, I don't even know if the manga is actually done yet. I, I actually think it's still ongoing and that's why it's kind of open ended and a bit slow in terms of like the anime adaptation front. 
but I hope to Don't see worry. it finish. Don't worry, I got you on this one because because I've been reading so much Shihayafudu. It, it the chapters are freaking long too. Oh really? I finally caught up. The latest the the latest um vault, uh, chapter released yesterday in translation. The Raws were out a while ago, I think two two weeks ago. But there are about five or six chapters left. They're gonna go on to their last volume, and I think a volume contains five or six chapters, and that's gonna be the end. Oh, so it's wow. coming to a close. They release it once a month. Um, so probably about by the end of the year, I think Chihai Food is gonna be a complete completed manga. Okay. I think they they'll adapt all of it then. Because I think the popularity in Japan for Chihai Fudu is still pretty big. And I think it's worth it. Um to ad- adapt it, at least from a anime perspective. They might even do more adaptions from a live action perspective. I don't know. I think that's just up to the creators and whatnot but that's good i'm glad to hear that this is actually coming to an end and we can actually see the end of this because this has been something that i've been kind of following for a really long time now i think i originally watched season one back in like 14 or 15 or so so i was excited when they announced season three and hopefully i get to see like a season four and a season five yeah i mean there's a lot of story left i think it has to go another 50 episodes all right, so, I like it. Assuming season four comes out in like twenty twenty three, I don't. E- I don't even think they've released like any mention that they're working on it though. Nope. Because Madhouse probably has way too much on their plate right now. But maybe twenty twenty four for season four, and maybe like twenty twenty seven. God, we're gonna be so freaking old by the time that happens. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be a while. I think before the anime ever or actually completes but the manga is going to be done this year so i think if you want to catch up and see like where the story is like it's pretty entertaining at least this last like 20 30 chapters are like all climax it's all like let's go let's go well the thing is like there are very few anime that go like five seasons or so very very few anime and see it kind of to completion so if chihaya Furu gets that treatment that alone should be like an indicator to people that this show is actually very popular and good because there are not many shows that got rebooted or got like follow-up seasons and they're also very good so if madhouse does end up adapting this down the line um to its completion that'd be pretty impressive but yeah would would be hella old it's basically the same as like seeing how much i've aged throughout the course of attack on titan i've literally went from like college student to a grandpa in that span so if attack on titan can do it i'm sure chiafudu can do it hey i don't know if aot is ever ending let's be real i'm just <laughs> there'll be final season part five <laughs> bro yeah it's gonna be chiafudu the final season for the next three seasons <laughs> All right, jokes aside on the AOT hate for the for the la- the title labeling, but um yeah, overall, I mean, I was a fan like I think for anyone who wants to give it a chance, I think I definitely underestimated it. And normally I overestimate most anime, but that's cuz I watch shonen and I, the first episode of any isekai or any shonen is like fire to me and I'm like this one's going to be great. <laughs> this is the one of the season and then it only goes downhill. This one definitely goes uphill. So in that sense like I can appreciate Chihaya Fudu a lot. 
All right, what would your overall score for, I guess, season one specifically, and, and I'd be interested to hear what your score is like as a whole for all three seasons too. I think the first season for me is like a solid three, three, five to four, somewhere around that range. Um, just because I thought it was really slow in the beginning. But maybe like that first half of the season's a three five and that back half's like a four. And overall, I I guess that's an average of a three seven, three seven five. Um it's again, like that first season isn't the best season to me. It's entertaining. Um the art's nice for the time it was released, like the story's cool. But they don't advance too far into it and it's not really too far into her career or even her high school career to really say like, you know, this is going to be great or there's going to be a lot happening. But by the time I watched the third season, I was like, you know, my score kept only going up for Chi Hayafuda as a show. And so I would say that third season is probably coming in somewhere like in between a four and a four or five, maybe not four or five yet, but somewhere in there. It's above four, I think. Um, so overall, I would say the show is like a solid four right now. But if they do release, you know, another two seasons based off what they've done previously following the manga. And this manga is really good. I think it's won many awards actually already. So I could only see this going up in score. Kind of like the whole Fruit Basket thing where it kept going up until it hit a nine. But as a show, Fruits Basket probably isn't a nine, right? But I could see Chihaya Fudu doing something similar. I mean, the first season was an 8-2 on Mel, then an 8-4, and then an 8-4 rate. And yeah, we might be only retaining those people who like it, but the show is done well in every season. So that's kind of the way I see it. Overall, I would say 3-7 for that first season. Decent show, entertaining. Definitely better than a shonen where you have like a 4 in my books for the first episode, and by the last episode, you're like, oh man, this is this is like a 2. Hey, that that's your isekai, not your shonen, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of on the same boat. I think the first season's a four, probably a four out of five. Um, I do think that the explanations of the backstories and stuff, like the pacing, is is good. Like it's a lot of setup in season one, but it's like purposefully there for a reason. It's not like they do the explanation and just kind of throw everything out the window by season two and three there's like a reason behind that explanation i think it's critical to the show so i i think it's a little slow but i I think it's done really well and madhouse does a good job kind of going back to all my comments about their animation their music the pacing all that i think is fine um for me personally i think i think the overall show is really really close actually for me to a five out of five it's i think a 4.5 out of five because i haven't seen it to the end um but in terms of the overall story um like you said the thing what you have voodoo that's kind of different from a lot of other anime we've seen in the past is actually gets better season after season after season um a lot a lot of shows kind of tail off because of the like the pacing or something goes wrong during like I guess they're like climax resolution point something like Boku no Hero I I hated it after like a few seasons because it just lost a lot of quality throughout each season I thought but Chiaya Food is I think the complete opposite where you actually gain a lot of quality from each each season um and I think it's actually one of the best slice of lives to be honest it might it might be might be a reach for me to say this, but it's probably like a top three slice of life 
in the end. Um, just because all the elements that are existent in a slice of life, like it's not a boring slice of life. It actually retains like the slice of life feel without it being boring and disengaging. And that's kind of very critical for a slice of life to succeed, I think. Yeah, I, I is it a slice of life? I mean, it's got slice of life vibes to some extent. Maybe like some of the stories slice of life and some of it's action-y, sports, love triangle. Yeah, I mean, it but, might not be a slice of life, slice of life, but I think it's pretty close because it's very, like, correspondent to real real life. Um, and romance isn't necessarily, like, the focal point of the show either. Yeah, clearly Tai Chi's, Tai Chi doesn't got that one down. So. <laughs> yeah, but I guess overall, it's it's really good. Like, I don't watch too much Slice of Life, but I really enjoyed it. I think the fact that I, I enjoyed it so much speaks a lot. My score is probably a bit lower than yours just because I don't watch as much Slice of Life. I don't have as much to compare it to. But honestly, entertaining show. I, I actually really liked Chihakudu. I mean, evidenced by the fact that I'm, I read the manga to completion to the extent that i'm waiting for every release of the chapters yeah that's very rare (laughs) i like it a lot i think it was definitely better than death parade in my book um and death parade is something that i enjoyed a lot i think i gave it a solid like four you said three five three five okay i gave it a four it's 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 better it's better than death parade in, in my opinion um actually one of the best shows i've seen in a while and yeah it's a bit older but i'm glad you brought this one up and kind of put it on our list because you kind of opened my eyes to this kind of world and i think actually i might give march comes in like a lion a new go since it's somewhat of a similar feel <laughs> but darker and i have all this light-hearted heartwarming feelings still left over from chia Fudu. i can probably subject myself to some march comes in with a lion and still come out okay i will say march is very similar to chia Fudu in that the second season, the first season is a lot of setting up and build up in order for the second season to be extremely good. And I think a lot of people consider March Comes in Like a Lion as like a great, maybe masterpiece anime because of what it's able to kind of portray throughout season two. Um, and season one was a bit slow in that regard and it's a bit dark, but really like the glory or the positive aspects of March comes on like a line is like all embedded in season two. So that's like kind of the hard part. You kind of have to get to that point and kind of endure through season one a bit, but yeah, similar vibes in that they both excel as, as more seasons kind of come out or as the second part of the story unfolds. So, yeah, but yeah, I think Chia Fudo, I think is a, at least a, good depiction and good reminder to anime fans that there's more to anime than just shonen and isekai and the mainstream stuff this is really like underground in my opinion like the fact that the popularity doesn't even crack like the top 400 is like a telling sign like you let, let's just say we just went off and watched anime by popularity right you would watch 400 plus anime before you would watch this and then you would eventually get to this and you'll be like, oh, wait, this is actually pretty good, even though it got like no attention. Um, so. so this is this is what this is what you've been trying to preach to everyone for about the past like five years that there's more than just isekai. Shaman. Yes, please. 
Please just watch anything else. <laughs> There's just so much more to anime out there. Please, uh, but I mean, I mean, I, I like Shonen Isekai too. I did finish JoJo, so uh, I do like the mainstream stuff. Um, but I think it's a good reminder that this stuff that are a bit low key, um, but they're also very good. All right. Well, that's it for the award-winning manga Chihaya Fudu. Honestly, pretty damn good show. I guess Chris is Chris is calling it almost a masterpiece. Hot take or not, you guys, if you haven't watched it, you have to watch it to find out. You can go <laughs> roast him if you think it's trash. Uh, other than that, I guess that's kind of it for the summary on Chihaya Fudu. I know we didn't go too in depth into like all the story, but it's really hard to talk about because it's. It's very complex, and I think that's the reason why it's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. I think people should just go find out on their own. So, but hopefully they'll like it in the end. If not, then yeah, you could roast me for it, and you could go back to watching your normal shonen isekai that you watch on a daily basis. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll have to think of two more shows that we'll want to watch over the next month or so. And I guess that's going to be my homework for this upcoming week, besides catching up on some of the recent season. Yeah, I had to think of a show that could top Chiha Fudu now, which might be kind of hard. Maybe I brought the big guns out too early. Now you're going to come with something like a two, and people are going to be like, you're ridiculous. I'm coming in with One Piece, guys. 1,000 episodes. <laughs> it's time all right it's time one piece hey the manga's on fire right now i'm watching the anime i'm literally watching the anime right now for one piece i'm like <laughs> kind of in pain but at the same time it's actually pretty fun it's giving me a lot of joy to watch one piece actually the manga i look forward to one piece manga releases more than chihai fudu I, those are the only two I'm actually really looking forward to right now that I, I read. Maybe Spy Family, but I, I'm trying to like let Spy Family go a bit before I like go read another couple of chapters. Yeah, same. I don't I don't think I need to keep up with it on a week to week basis. I I'm doing the same with Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm just letting it run a little bit before I catch up. But yeah, we'll definitely come up with anime to watch for the next month or so for next week's episode. But Good talking about Chao Fudu. Glad we kind of talked about a slice of life for once. <laughs> Hopefully there's more to come. All right. I'll be coming at you next week with my favorite genre. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Peace out. We booze.